Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Okay, everybody, welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to move back to some natural medicine and a little bit of a topic that you might say, Jade, why are you doing this topic? Um, It is a topic that is one that is very important. Some might find it humorous, but it is a topic that um, a lot of us do not talk about. And many people are suffering from this issue. And it is not something that many people will tell their friends and family. And even if they do tell their friends and family, this is something that uh, most people don't know how to solve. Now, part of the reason that um, I developed this particular protocol is that I once got a message from a woman. This is going on probably... 10 years ago, it wasn't in my clinical practice. It was actually a message that I got sent to Metabolic Effect, my old company. And the message was um, incredibly sad. This woman was um, going, getting ready to go through a divorce. Her husband was essentially saying that he no longer wanted to be with her and her um, kids were, uh, you know, essentially telling her that Um, Her breath was terrible. Uh, And when I say her breath was terrible, this was the issue. She really thought that her husband was leaving her because of her bad breath. And even her children were telling her, you know, something is wrong with your breath. And multiple visits to the dentist did nothing about it. And she was essentially writing me and saying, you know, I don't know what to do. You seem to know uh, a lot about metabolism, and I'm wondering if you can help me because my family essentially tells me that my breath smells like poop, like it smells like um, a bowel movement. It smells like feces. It is that bad. And one of the things that it reminded me of, and I know that this can be a humorous topic for people and you know, maybe make you giggle and maybe say, oh, my God, that's horrible. But think about that just for a second, if you are the person suffering from this and either you're never told or uh, you are told and then there's nothing that you can do about it. And so there are some really clear, beneficial, natural things, naturopathic medicines that you can do for bad breath, especially the worst of bad breath. 
And so um, because this has come up of late with some friends and because it's a running joke, actually, with a lot of my friends, I'll, I'll tell you a funny thing here. Uh, obviously, I do natural medicine, personal development, physical development. Most of you who listen to this podcast know that's what I do. But one of the things that I often talk about with humans in general is our inability to have honest conversations and tell people in loving, compassionate ways the things they may need to hear. And we do this with our loved ones all the time. And so one of the things that I'm oftentimes saying to my closest friends is, listen, if my breath stinks, you better tell me. And it doesn't just mean if my physical breath stinks, I want to know. It means if my breath stinks, meaning breath being a euphemism for if I'm acting like an asshole or my uh, social skills and etiquette are off or if I'm treating people poorly, essentially. And so we oftentimes laugh it's like that person's breath stinks. And sometimes it means their breath stinks physically, like they have physically literal bad breath. But oftentimes, most of the time, it actually means that they are um, not really good humans and treating other people uh, poorly. So this is sort of a running joke uh, with a lot of my very close friends. And they also laugh at me because they know I have a protocol and have developed a protocol around a bad breath. Now, one of the things that I will say here is before we get into this particular protocol um, that I want to teach you, because I think it's valuable. And I also am one of these people who feels like we should, as humans, be having difficult conversations with our friends and family and loving them from the perspective of, look, if someone has bad breath, whether it's because they are, you know, have bad personal traits that are making them be rejected in society socially, or whether it's because they have physically literal bad breath, and that's causing people to not want to be around them. If we love somebody, don't we want to tell them this? And so this um, podcast is something that I feel like is beneficial that you could essentially send to a friend or a family member anonymously, perhaps from a, uh, an anonymous email or something like that, that could help them uh, manage this very difficult, upsetting uh, situation. And so I am going to teach you all the things about bad breath, the literal, physical, uh, you know, bad breath coming from the mouth. And of course, the rest of this podcast talks an awful lot about social etiquette and being a good human and not having, you know, the metaphorical bad breath of being, uh, you know, someone who is an asshole. I really think this is an important podcast. It won't be long, but I do think it is critical. And certainly uh, there are not a lot of podcasts out there like this. If someone is looking for help with bad breath uh, and they go out on Google, most things that we search on Google, uh, you know, we think we're going to get help. And most people who are dealing with this problem, halitosis is the medical term for uh, bad breath. Most people dealing with halitosis, when they search on Google and they try to get help for this, it essentially is just sending them to, you know, a dentist and saying, you know, clean your teeth. And what you're going to learn in this podcast is that bad breath is uh, not just about teeth. It is about uh, multiple different factors that can cause uh, bad breath. And so we're going to go through them. Now, I oftentimes like, and you know me, all of you who listen to this podcast know that I usually, when I come up with protocols, I try to come up with 
um, acronyms or uh, formulas or alliterations or something to help you remember the principles. And uh, this one has an easy one to remember. It's called the MINT protocol. So obviously, most people, if they have bad breath or want to keep their breath nice and fresh, they will take a mint, won't they? And they'll put a mint in their mouth and that's supposed to give them better breath. So the mint protocol is what you need to keep in mind. And the mint protocol stands for M, mouth. And when we say mouth, we mean teeth, we mean tongue, right? Teeth and tongue. This is basically uh, the mouth. So this is the kind of oral, oral hygiene that most people will think about. This is uh, that aspect of it, just in the mouth. Now, most people say, well, what else is there, Jade? Isn't it just mouth? Well, no, there's a lot more that goes into bad breath. And so the I in the MINT acronym is intestines. And that really stands for uh, essentially the esophagus and the stomach uh, and the uh, upper intestine duodenum. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a minute. So there can be bad breath is an issue that can be coming from the intestine. And we'll learn why that might be the case as we go through this. And we'll go through each one, one by one. The next is N is the nose. And this has to do with essentially sinuses in the nose. Uh, your sinuses are can be a breeding ground for bacteria. And this can cause bad breath and a specific type of bad breath. And then the T in the MINT acronym stands for uh, throat. So what ends up happening oftentimes is post-nasal drip from allergies cause the sinuses to drain into the back of the throat. We also have our tonsils and can develop tonsil stones in the back of the throat. These little uh, sort of semi-solid uh, excretions that can be formed on the tonsils that can have a very pungent or uh, bad smell to them. And so the throat is another potential cause of this. And so when you're thinking about bad breath, you need to think of the mouth. Yes, of course, the intestines, the nose and the throat. So let's go through the mouth first. Well, first of all, one of the things that most people don't realize, if you talk to most dentists and most, especially dental hygienists, they'll tell you because they're working with people with mouth issues all of the time. And so, yes, it's teeth um, and cleaning the teeth. It's also gums and it's also tongue. OK, but the biggest issue that most people talk about when they talk about bad breath, especially people in the dental community, is they're talking about um, gingivitis, inflammation of the gums or necrotic tissue in the gums. This gingivitis is where the inflammatory condition in the gums is causing the gums to recede, bleed and become necrotic. Necrotic is basically dying tissue. And dying tissue smells exactly like what you might think dying tissue smells like. It can smell very bad, almost like smelling a dead body or a dead animal. And so gingivitis is a big one. Inflammation of the gums is a big one. Then you might say, well, how do we get gingivitis in the first place? One of the things that dental hygienists will tell almost everybody that if you really want to keep your breath smelling nice, it's far more important to floss than it is to brush your teeth. Now, obviously, you need to be doing both and you should be doing both on a regular basis. But if you had to choose one to say which one was more impactful in terms of breath, it's going to be flossing your teeth. And anyone who flosses on a regular basis, I'm someone who flosses uh, constantly. I floss morning and night. Um, sometimes I floss after, uh, you know, I eat. 
but flossing is huge. And if you ever smell your dental floss after you've had chicken and let it sit in your teeth all day, perhaps, you will smell immediately something that you don't want other people smelling in your mouth. And this is another thing that me and my friends joke about, right? It's just like my whole thing is I floss enough to where I don't smell anything on the floss. Um, and flossing your teeth is critical. Now, if you do not floss your teeth, there's a good chance that you are having halitosis. And here's the interesting thing about halitosis. Just like assholes socially don't really always know they're assholes, most people with bad breath cannot tell they have bad breath. And that includes people blowing into their mouth and trying to you know, cover their mouth and blow into their mouth and trying to smell whether they have bad breath or not. Part of the reason that's the case is just like when you walk into a smelly room, right? You can smell it at first, but once you're in there for a while, you become acclimated to it. So if your breath smells, you're acclimated to that smell. Now, your, your breath might smell horrible, but you are acclimated to it. So you are no longer reacting to it, but other people are. And so when you think about mouth, yes, it's brushing your teeth. It's mainly, though, one of the main things, the two main things are here is getting into the gums, which means flossing or using a water pick. And also the tongue where a lot of the bacteria will hang out. And so it's not just brushing your teeth. It's brushing your tongue or using a tongue scraper. And it's flossing either through regular dental floss or a water pick to get the food particles out of your mouth. And you should be doing this at least at the end of the day to clear all the debris from the uh, you know gum lining uh, so that... Uh, you do not have these bacteria then coming in and digesting and fermenting and creating the same kind of situation that you would have going on in your colon. You do not want that putrefaction process to be going on where you have uh, dead smelling, feces smelling, rotten smelling things in your mouth, which is why you want to be flossing on a regular basis. You want to brush your teeth. Yes, especially along the gum line. And you want to be brushing your tongue and or scraping your tongue. These things are critical with, within the mouth. Now, if you have gingivitis, you also want to be doing other things. So you might say, well, Jade, what about mouthwashes and the type of um, you know, things that you would use? Well, one of the best things to use when you are cleaning your mouth are, are a couple of things. And there are ways that you can do this. One is a little known Ayurvedic practice uh, known as oil pulling. Now, a lot of people will, you probably heard this, those of you who've heard this, talk about oil pulling as pulling out uh, toxins. You put like coconut oil in your mouth or olive oil in your mouth and you use it like mouthwash and you switch it around. And people talk about, oh, this is going to pull out toxins in the body. That is not true. At least we don't have any evidence to say that if you put oil in your mouth and swish it around, that you're going to pull out mercury or persistent organic pollutants or anything like that. So as far as we know, that is a bogus claim. And I certainly have never seen anything uh, suggesting that in the research at all. However, what we do know is that a lot of the compounds produced by uh, fermentation and putrefaction and all the things that are going on in your mouth with bacteria, these things are very lipophilic. And so what happens is when you put oil in your mouth uh, and swish it around, one of the things that you're doing is you can bind up a lot of these volatile elements that create 
these smells. Let me interrupt the show just for a few minutes because I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Evolve Telemed. One of the questions I get all of the time, one of the services that you are asking me for constantly is hormone replacement therapy. Women going through menopause, women going through perimenopause, women in postmenopause, women under stressful situations who are dealing with low sex hormone levels, estrogen and progesterone are constantly asking me about progesterone therapy or estrogen and progesterone therapy. And men, same thing, constantly asking me about testosterone replacement therapy. Plenty of you, many of you always asking, Jade, can you prescribe me hormones? I need testosterone if you're a man or I need estrogen and progesterone or testosterone if you're a woman. And I always have to say that I am no longer seeing patients in this way because my educational duties are keeping me so busy. And this is where Evolve Telemed comes in. I have been looking for a company that does bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and that is critically important. If you're going to be doing HRT or TRT, HRT being hormone replacement therapy for women, TRT being testosterone replacement therapy for men. If you are going to do these therapies, you want the bioidentical hormones. You want the hormones that your body makes naturally, that your body can recognize, that is no different from the hormones your body would make if you were making adequate levels. Bioidentical hormone replacement therapy does just this. And Evolve Telemed is a company that I am now using for my own testosterone replacement needs and have been super impressed with the way that they have structured their business model. And so I am now bringing this service to you through my partnership with Evolve Telemed. Essentially, the way this works is you go online, you make an appointment with Evolve, Evolve gets a doctor with you on a Zoom call, they go through your whole case, they go through your blood labs, they then prescribe your hormones directly to you, and you can get those hormones wherever you are. You do not have to go to a clinic near you. All you need is to have an internet access point, and you can meet with an expert in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and get those prescriptions. Now you can see why this is so powerful, can't you? Because this is something that so many of us need and can benefit from for our aging needs, our sexual health needs. These things have profound impact on mood, hair, skin, erections, libido, you name it. These things do everything for our metabolic health and vitality. So I'm incredibly excited to bring Evolve Telemed to you. Now, the link that you go to is drjade.com slash hormones drjade.com slash hormones. This will bring you to the Evolve Telemed portal. If you use the code next level, you will get a discount on checkout for your first patient visit. I'm very excited to be able to bring this to you and I hope you will use Evolve Telemed. I know you're going to find it extremely powerful to move your hormone needs over to them. Check them out, Evolve Telemed. Use the link drjade.com slash hormones. drjade.com slash hormones for Evolve Telemed. And let's get back to the show. 
And so one of the things that can be really useful uh, is to swish your mouth out with coconut oil or olive oil or any kind of pure fat. Coconut oil probably being the best because it also contains things like monolaurin and other compounds that can act as antibacterial. But more what it's about is pulling some of the lipid loving bacteria and lipid uh, loving uh, compounds that bacteria produce into the oil solution. And then you essentially spit that oil solution out. And so there is something to be said for oil pulling uh, that can really be very healthy for your uh, mouth and the gingiva too. There's some indication, at least in the lower intestine or the intestine, not lower intestine, but the whole intestine, the enterocytes, the cells lining the intestine, that short chain fatty acids, which are mostly present in things like um, uh, lauric acid and uh, butyric acid and these kinds of compounds, these shorter chain uh, fatty acids can act as fuel for the cells lining the skin from the mouth down to the anus. And so not only can things like coconut oil be really good at pulling the scent out of these uh, bacterial byproducts that cause bad breath, but you may actually be nourishing some of those cells as well. And so oil pooling is a really good one. The other one is xylitol, which sounds like a chemical, which scares a lot of people, but we make xylitol in our, in our mouth, in our bodies rather every single day. It is something that we are, uh, we humans make and we can digest. It's very sweet to the taste. It actually has a sweet and uh, sort of uh, cooling aftertaste. And xylitol is incredibly beneficial for the upper respiratory tract and mouth. Xylitol is a bacteriostatic, so it doesn't, it's not an antibiotic where it kills bacteria, but it keeps bacteria from binding in the upper respiratory tracts. And so it is wonderful as a nasal rinse and nasal douche. And we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to sinuses. And it's wonderful mixed in toothpaste. Uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, the Finnish, because, uh, you know, in Finland, they have lots of birch trees. Xylitol comes from birch. Uh, it, that was the original thing. And my understanding is back in World War One or World War Two, when there were sh uh, sugar shortages, a lot of uh, the Finns were using xylitol to sweeten things. It is a sweetener. It is an alternative sweetener, not a zero calorie alternative sweetener, but a uh, low calorie alternative sweetener. So you'll find it a lot in uh, low calorie and or sugar free uh, gums and mints and things like that. But it's very popular and very healthy in some of these natural toothpaste. So if you look for xylitol, spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, -L, xylitol, it's a sugar alcohol. There are other sugar alcohols like erythritol and maltitol and sorbitol, but xylitol seems to be the one that is best for the oral cavity. It also uh, comes in nasal sprays because it's amazing for sinus infections, which we'll talk about in a minute. And when you use it in gums, it essentially clears out an awful lot of those bacteria, keeps them from sticking and adhering to the teeth and the gums and the tongue so that you can essentially swallow them and then they'd be killed in your uh, stomach. And also one of the things is that they have shown that kids who incorporate xylitol, gums and things like that, who have recurrent ear infections and recurrent sinus infections, tend to have much less recurrent ear infections and recurrent sinus infections. And um, when we talk about the throat aspect of, of bad breath, certainly your eustachian tubes, which drain 
the back of the ear drain into the throat. And so not only do you have your tonsils and tonsil stones there and post-nasal drip, but you also have the eustachian tubes which drain the ear. So if there's a bacterial infection in the ear, a bacterial infection in the sinuses, uh, what that's going to cause is tonsils, the tonsils to swell. You're going to get drainage in the back of the throat. That's going to create smells and bad breath. But xylitol is really good for all of those things. And so when you're looking at toothpastes and things like that and mouth washes and mouth rinses, you want to be looking at some and incorporating some that incorporate xylitol. Um, probably better than fluoride. Now, I know fluoride gets a bad rap in a lot of ways. It's in our water and it's in a lot of different things. There is debate, very good debate in my mind, why we're using that to such a degree in our uh, you know, uh, dental products and things like that. It does help with uh, strengthening teeth uh, and reducing cavities. That's very, very clear. However, also there is theoretically and some uh, actual research showing fluoride may not be good for our health in other ways and can interfere with things like thyroid function and other things like that. And so certainly if we have other alternatives like xylitol to use in our dental products, that would be a very good thing uh, to have. And of course, then there is essential or uh, essential oils and things like that that can be really, really good to kill specific bacteria. For example, a uh, bitter orange uh, essential oil is wonderful for strep throat infections and gargling with bitter orange can kill strep throat. The other thing that's just, uh, you know, just really, really important here is um, saliva is amazing and our most natural antimicrobial, antifungal thing that we can have. So the more saliva you produce in your mouth, the better health, oral health you're going to have, which is why any kind of chewing or production of saliva can be really, really good. This is why gum in general can be really helpful, even if it is sugar-based gum. And that's because the saliva is essentially washing your mouth constantly. And so one of the things you could do if you were out in the wilderness and had no, uh, you know, a way to clean your mouth, what you would probably do is take water, swish vigorously to try to get all the food particles out of your mouth, and then constantly try to express saliva so that you could keep the bacteria down. One of the things that you'll find, and one of the reasons you wake up with bad breath in the morning and have uh, morning breath is because the mouth dries out due to lack of saliva at night and that causes bacteria to overgrow. Now, if you were able to express plenty of saliva all night long, you would probably have less morning breath. And so these are the things that you want to be um, sort of thinking about. You can do oil pulling. Oil pulling works wonderful. I especially like to do that myself first thing in the morning and or after my coffee. So oftentimes I'll brush my teeth in the morning, have coffee, and then do some oil pulling after the coffee. Or if I don't brush my teeth in the morning, I'll do some oil pulling, have my coffee, and then brush my teeth. And part of that is, yes, to give my teeth, you know, some health benefits, but also to keep that, uh, you know, sort of bad breath down. It's really useful uh, to do that. So this is the mouth component. Number one, most important thing, floss, remove those food particles from in between the teeth so that you can keep that 
um, from causing putrefaction and fermentation and all the things that these bacteria do using oils for oil pulling, using xylitol based mouthwashes and then mouthwashes that use good quality essential oils, especially ones that we know can be specifically detrimental to certain bacteria that can cause infections. You know, bitter orange is one specifically for strep throat, but a good essential oil blend, many different types of essential oil, clove being a really good one. One of the things that I like to do because I have this funny habit that if you give me gum, I just tend to swallow it and call it the Italian in me. We put something in our mouths. We want to eat it. So I'm not a good gum chewer. However, I will suck on cloves. Uh, Cloves are amazing and clove oil is wonderful for killing off some of these uh, negative negative bacteria that cause bad breath and also continue to help you express saliva. And so these are the things you want to keep in mind. Now with gingivitis, we're not going to go into detail there because it is a medical condition and there are a lot of things uh, there, but uh, vitamin C is a big one and nutrition is a big one in general uh, with gingivitis and things like that. So if you're dealing with gingivitis, yes, it's going to be a cause of bad breath. Yes, you should do everything we just talked about, but you're also going to want to talk to uh, someone like myself or a doctor or a dentist who is trained in functional medicine to be able to uh, help you deal with getting those gums healed again. So now we move into the intestine. And one of the things you need to understand about at the bottom, when you swallow food at the bottom of your esophagus and at the top of your stomach, there's what we call the LES, lower esophageal sphincter. And then at the bottom of the stomach into the duodenum, there is another sphincter that essentially drains the stomach into the duodenum. Well, the lower esophageal sphincter is a big deal in bad breath. People who have a GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, G-E-R-D, often have very bad breath. And part of why that is the case is that they are expressing acid up through the esophagus, the lower esophageal sphincter, for whatever reason, isn't patent, isn't closed all the way, and is expressing um, th- uh, hydrochloric acid into the esophagus, which is burning the esophagus. Now, the stomach has a lining, mucosal lining, that protects it against the acid environment of hydrochloric acid. The esophagus does not. And so hiatal hernias, where the stomach pops up Part of the stomach can pop up into above the diaphragm can cause this, but many things can do this. One popular, by the way, thing I should mention here is peppermint. Peppermint oil is a very common esophageal sphincter, a lower esophageal sphincter relaxer. And so someone with GERD wants to be very careful with peppermint oil. So if you're having bad breath and you love peppermint oil, but you also have, uh, you know, GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, you probably don't want peppermint to be the thing that you're going to be using because it can worsen esophageal reflux disease. And if you're having GERD and that's the cause of your bad breath and that peppermint mint that you're using is probably not the best thing for you to use. You'll want to find other oils. But you can imagine if that lower esophageal sphincter is open, then essentially you are getting the smell of stomach content. But more importantly, the uh, the esophagus is becoming necrotic. That acid is burning that esophagus and destroying that tissue. And over time, that creates Barrett's esophagus, which is a precursor to um, uh, esophageal cancer. So we're very concerned about this in medicine, and we do not want this to be happening. Um, But one of the things that can happen there is you get this necrotic esophageal tissue, 
which yes, smell can smell. This is some of the worst breath you can get. This is the stuff that smells like feces or a bowel movement or a dead animal or really just um, sort of this burnt necrotic uh, you know, sort of feces oriented bad breath. By the way, the mouth bad breath is usually more, you can have some of that, but it's more like this uh, morning breath type of smell. You can get some of the necrotic stuff when you're not flossing your teeth, but the stuff where you're just like, oh my God, I can smell, you know, this person's breath across the room and it smells like poop. Like I can smell it like from the back seat of the car. That is going to be you know, stuff probably coming from the intestines. This is where the worst stuff comes from. Now, to deal with that, one of the things that you want to begin to do is you want to rule out hiatal hernia and get that uh, stomach pulled back down below the esophagus. You can do that with people who do visceral manipulation. You can do that in many ways. One of the things you want to be careful about, certainly using, you know, these uh, acid blockers and, um, Proton pump inhibitors and, you know, Tums and, you know, some of these things can keep the acid down. But those things, too, because hydrochloric acid is important for digesting and killing and, you know, making sure you get all the stomach content out into the duodenum, those things over time can cause bad breath as well. And so one of the things we like to do if you're dealing with this bad breath is first deal with the cause. So we want to get rid of GERD. And then we also want to begin to use some of the things that repair and uh, you know help the lower esophageal sphincter and the lower esophagus behave more appropriately. One of the ones that does this is something called DGL or deglycerinated licorice. Not only can it protect the esophagus from burning, but it can correct some of what goes on with um, gastroesophageal reflux or GERD. And so chewing a DGL capsule DGL is deglycerinated licorice. It tastes like licorice because it is licorice and they take the glycerin component out of it. Uh, and that has a lot of good quality um, building up compounds for the lining, the enterocytes, the lining the skin of the esophagus. So we use DGL. We also use zinc carnosine uh, and we use a good quality digestive enzyme uh, here because we want those uh, food, that food to be fully digested. Uh, there is a coordinated action from mouth all the way down to anus when you digest your food. What ends up happening is the mouth communicates with the stomach, the stomach mixes the acid, the stomach content goes into the duodenum. The duodenum needs to sense a particular acid concentration of that chyme. Chyme is what we call that bolus of food that moves from the stomach into the duodenum. That then triggers all the digestive acid, uh, the digestive secretions, uh, enzymes from the pancreas and gallbladder, uh, lipase, amylase, uh, trypsin, chymotrypsin, all these things that digest proteins. So when you're dealing with bad breath that's coming from the intestine, what you want to be thinking about is DGL, perhaps to deal with the esophageal reflux condition that you're dealing with. And you also want to be thinking about digestive enzymes being something that you really want to pay close attention to. Digestive enzymes can be really good. You can find these pretty much over the counter anywhere. And you also want to be careful with 
using uh, Tums and proton pump inhibitors and all of these things. Now, obviously, you'll have to use those in the short term to control the gastroesophageal reflux disease. But over the long run, they can be the cause of the bad breath in the first place. And so this is kind of what you want to be thinking about. So the first thing when I think about with intestines is I think about, okay, we want digestive enzymes on board. We want to do something to protect the esophagus so that tissue is not necrotic. We want to do something to shut down the acid coming in. And by the way, one of the cheapest things and most effective things you can do for gastroesophageal reflux disease is a small amount or teaspoon or two, probably not a a two, but like a quarter teaspoon to a whole teaspoon of baking soda mixed in water. It does not taste good at all. It will make you burp, but it is very alkaline and it is a great way, over-the-counter way, uh, to uh, take away a uh, you know acute bout of gastroesophageal reflux disease just drinking down some uh, of these. The other thing you can do is realize that vinegars and lemon or lemon juice and things like this are really good as uh, sort of stimulators of digestive acid secretions. In the same way that lemon and vinegar make you secrete more saliva, they also help the stomach and intestines do some of the things that they do to release their secretions that help digest the food that could be causing the bad breath in the first place. And so now we've covered mouth and intestine. Now let's go into the nose. And so whereas the intestine stuff is very necrotic, dead animal, feces smelling in a sense, and whereas the mouth is more, you know, sort of uh, morning breath kind of thing with a little less of the necrotic smell, the sinuses really give off a sickly sweet sort of of smell. So when someone is dealing with sinus infections, uh, you're going to have bad breath, but it's going to be more sickly, more like a vomit type of smell than uh, a feces type of smell. And one of the things you want to do for sinuses is you want to make sure you rinse those sinuses out. Now, you can do it with saline solutions, salt, water, that kind of stuff, or just water in general. One of the best ways to do this is when you're in the shower, just cup your hands, basically get water in your hands, snort that water gently up into the sinuses and rinse your sinuses. But the better way to do it is to use a xylitol or saline-based rinse. We talked about xylitol before. It's wonderful for, for sinuses. And one of my favorite things for sinus infections is something called clear nasal spray. Clear spelled with an X, X-L-E-A-R, clear nasal spray. It is clear. It is a nasal spray that uses xylitol along with saline. This is wonderful for the, sinus, uh, the sinuses. Neti Loda Pots, you guys may uh, have heard of these, and you put in salt water and saline and flush out the sinuses that way are great. And what that will do is that will deal with some of the things that will, you know, essentially help with the post-nasal drip because people who have sinus issues usually have post-nasal drip as well. And I apologize, but I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there's someone right outside my window. I just got a new place right outside my window who's obviously weed whacking. So hopefully you're not hearing that too much. Uh, It's not giving you too much feedback and you're following me fine here, but I apologize about that. Hopefully they'll be done with that soon. But this is really important with sinuses because sinuses are a major, major cause of bad breath. And many, many people have sinuses due to pollens, ragweeds, uh, dairy allergies. You can have sinus issues from food-based stuff and allergens as well. Now, if you're dealing with allergens, one of the things you want is you want to reduce 
the allergen's ability to stick to the, uh, the, the lining of the sinuses. And you also want to decrease some of the um, inflammatory reactions that can go on. So when an allergen binds inside, binds to the skin of the sinuses, it will set off mast cells, which cause inflammation, which cause the sinuses to swell, which make them a really good breeding ground for bacteria. So one of the things you want to do is not just flush so you get lots of liquid and lots of xylitol up into the sinuses and keep them hydrated. That makes the, the allergens less likely to bind. You also want to Make sure you're drinking plenty of water internally as well. And you also want to decrease any triggers that might be triggering these sinus infections. Dairy is a very common one for a lot of people. One really good digestive enzyme that serves multiple purposes here is bromelain. Bromelain is a digestive enzyme that, that we, uh, we isolate from pineapple. You take it in concentrated form, it helps to digest proteins. So it's really good for the intestine-based bad breath. And it's also a really, really good for decreasing inf inflammation uh, in the body as well. And it can help with upper respiratory tract sinus stuff. So uh, bromelain and xylitol nasal sprays are my favorite when we're talking about sinuses. And that will deal with the last one, the throat, the T, because the throat really is about the tonsil stones, the post-nasal drip, and potential inner ear infections draining into the back of the throat. The throat. Now, obviously, gargles are great. Oil pulling is great for this. So when we talk about gargles, we want to go back to xylitol-based gargles, saline-based gargles, gargles that use uh, you know, good quality essential oils and things like that, which are really, really nice. Uh, you know, you kind of want to be thinking about those gargles. And you also want to be thinking about the idea that it looks like now they're doing and now they're out there right now doing um, jackhammering. So we're almost done. Let's hope that you're not getting all this feedback in this podcast today. And I apologize by, about that. But ultimately, what you want to be thinking about is xylitol does multiple things for the throat stuff. Uh, so does bromelain. And then when you add in these these sort of gargles and oil rinses and oil pulling, then you are really getting sort of a one, two, three, four punch for the throat stuff. And the throat stuff, just like the sinus stuff, has a similar smell. It's sort of this sickly, sweet, vomity type of smell. That's when you know it's coming from the sinuses or inner ear infection or back of the throat versus, you know, sort of the morning breath coming from the mouth versus more the feces, necrotic smell coming from the intestine. And so that's the whole story here as it pertains to bad breath and dealing with bad breath. Those are really all the causes. And now you have a good quality sort of approach for the entire mouth, intestine, nose, and throat approach, the mint protocol. And I'm going to end the podcast here because it's getting super, super loud right outside my door. Uh, and uh, hopefully you got something from this podcast and it's something that you can discreetly share with your friends who would benefit from it. All right, everybody, take care and I'll see you at the next podcast.